Well, good morning and happy new year, Hillsong, Kansas City. How many are expecting and believing for God to do something remarkable, miraculous, incredible? You know, you got a very faithful God. What an amazing, faithful church. Can we welcome the plaza right now? Come on, North. Everybody online. How about the men at Lansing Correctional Facility? We believe God's got great things for you. Nothing like being in God's house. Nothing like worshiping together. It's good to have you here. You know, um, it's a new season that kicks off for us as a church. It's, I mean, it's the second Sunday, but let's be honest about only about a third of you actually came out to church because it was zero degrees last week and is icy, but God knew you'd be here and God has something special in store for every single individual on the plaza online, Lansing here at North. And we really are contending and believing for an incredible God year. Um, the first thing I want to do though, I just want to congratulate you on making it this far in the past two years. Uh, I don't know, but how many are just grateful that we can still be showing up? Grateful to gather. You know, I've been blown away uh, just about your incredible consistency, um, your, your creativity, how we had to navigate everything as a church. And I know it's still ongoing and there's so many issues still facing us, but we're not facing it alone. We have the grace of God. We got the family of faith to walk forward into our future with. I've been blown away uh, by the generosity of this house and this church. Uh, when it's been such a season of struggle for so many, you have responded with unbelievable, just crazy generosity. We've given more away uh, to our city and to the nations and missions in the last two years than any other of the years all combined, really. It's been insane. You guys have been awesome. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to start a new year with you. And, um, you know, they say half the battle. Showing up is half the battle. So showing up is powerful, but... Uh, we are not here just to survive. You were not born on the earth and born again by the goodness of God through the grace of Jesus Christ just to survive. You have a place called thriving, a promised land for your life that God wants to take you into. And so I believe that God's going to take us into something great, though you may be weary, maybe you're brand new to our church. We're just glad that you are here. Uh, but God doesn't want to just sustain you to stay stuck and secured in the same old place. He's wanting to lead you to a brand new place. Do you believe that? You guys can grab your seats on the plaza. I'm going to jump into a scripture right before I pray and uh, really kick off this year, which is a brand new season for us. And I want to start with God speaking to, to Abraham. Uh, we're going OT, Old Testament. Genesis 13, if you're in any, any sort of Bible reading plan, you should have read this already, or you're in the slowest Bible reading plan of all time. Genesis 13, he speaks to Abraham. And it seems like a voice that comes to Abraham seemingly out of nowhere. We know that Abraham was a God honorer, but this all of a sudden just God just broadcasts to, to then, he was called Abram, to, to Abraham this this plan that God had, had, had prepared for him. And he says, I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and to your descendants as a permanent possession. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, but it all starts with hearing from heaven. Do you know that you can hear from heaven? 
you know, we don't just hear through the word, although we love the word. And hopefully you're not just hearing from me, although it's a huge honor to get to speak God's plan and purpose and encourage you every single week from this platform. But you can hear from heaven for yourself. And God says, I have a vision for you, Abraham, that is bigger than just you. I think some of our survival tendencies of the last two years as we've been looking out for ourselves, and God says, I need you to look to me. And I'm actually wanting to do something through you that's bigger than you. Because he says, uh, hey, Abraham, this is bigger than just a vision for your year. This is about your descendants' descendants. This is about permanent possession. This is about a legacy that lives on after you. So as we start this new season, we are calling the, the new frontier. How many want to be in on God's new frontier? We've talked a lot last two years about the new normal. This is the new normal. I hate the new normal, to be honest. I want something abnormal. I don't want my life to just look like everything else or a lesser version of what it used to be. I want a new frontier. And this frontier is called faith. Trusting in the goodness of your heavenly father that I want to live my life trusting and believing and contending for God's best, not just for me. As he speaks to Abraham, says, this is bigger than you for this permanent possession for God to do something that's, that keeps a legacy. It matters for eternity. I'm going to speak today from the title, Leaving Yesterday and Finding Forever that we would once and for all get out of our old, even all the good things. We wouldn't stay stuck celebrating a few wins of yesterday, but we would hear the voice of God today and we would find this perspective and this passion for the forever things of God. I'm speaking about eternity, that your faith not only gets you out of your old, but allows you to live a life that outlives you. I don't know your family of origin story. I don't know even your current viewpoint of yourself. I don't know your education or your relational status, but God knows exactly who you are and who he's called you to become. And he has put eternity on the table for your life to matter and to leave a legacy so much greater than where you came from. We're leaving yesterday and we are, are finding forever. As we look at our life, God, I just want to, I want a God year. And I think that's a great goal. But God's actually looking through a lens of so much longer than that. He wants to do something in your life that's way bigger than a year. It's bigger than just you. That way outlives and is, it's really, it's everlasting. And so I pray that our hearts, as much as we maybe we've just been focusing on getting through the next week and getting that person six feet away or whatever we've been focusing on, that we'd start to get a perspective and a lens of so much greater so much bigger and knowing that it actually begins in the here and now. Can I pray like Plaza online, everybody? Let's pray together. God, we thank you. First and foremost, we just thank you that we're, we're here. We're gathered together in your presence. We're leaning into your word. We're not alone. We, we, we might feel like there's not a lot of activity and divine intervention at, at work in our life, but that's the perfect opportunity to turn our hearts and ears and and eyes to you, would you speak, just like you did Abraham, would you speak about where you're taking us and who you've called us to become? 
I thank you, God, that together as a church, we're just done with yesterday. We thank you that you were faithful yesterday and you're the same today and forever. But we want to choose today to follow you into this eternal mindset, into the everlasting, and help us live our life walking with you and have our, help us live a life that is just bigger than us. We love you. We thank you for the incredible grace of God. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. And it's his name that we pray. And a rowdy 11 o'clock service said, amen. amen and amen. I want a faith that says goodbye to what was and hello to what God has. I want a faith that can believe that even this is where I might be at. This is not where I have to stay at. But God meets me in this place in space and time. But he's wanting to do something so much greater through my life. God also speaks to Abram and says, hey, in Genesis 13, arise and walk. If you walk through the length and the breadth of the land, this is what I'm going to give you. I love that. I think that's a word for every single one of us in 2022. It's time to arise. It's time to wake up. And we don't just wake up and look. No, we wake up and we, we walk. It's time to get out of the place where we have been and start walking into the places where we've never gone before. This is the new frontier of our faith, that we get our eyes up on heaven and we start walking things out. And, and God really says, if you go this way or that way, anywhere that you go where you're walking is a place and a space that I want to give to you. Abraham at this time would be living in a tent. It's a temporary place. And God says it's time for him to arise from that place. It's time to not settle in this place. It's time for you to walk into this new. And as far as you can go this way and as far as you can go that way, everywhere you go, not only am I going to be with you in that place, I want to give you. And he says it's a permanent or permanent possession that's bigger than just you. It's it's for the generations after you. In other words, if you can just walk forward, I will give you your future. Your future does not come to those that just wait and sit to see, but for those that will arise when they hear and follow God, even into the unknown, your new frontier life of faith will not be found just sitting, settling in your tent. You've got to learn to arise and you've got to start walking in this journey that we call faith. In Hillsong, Kansas City, I'm calling every single one of us, and even if you're brand new to our church, I'm just including you as a part of this family of faith. I'm calling us the new levels of faith, because if your life is like a story, let's make it memorable. And maybe you haven't liked the previous chapters of your yesterday. Well, we're leaving that today. And we're leaving who we used to be, and we're going to start stepping into everything that God has called us to be. History does not record the deeds and the actions of those that stayed safe in a place called comfortable. But the future is made by those that live by faith. And what God did for Abraham, he can do for you. What God did for any character in the Bible. By the way, this is why I love reading through the Bible in a year, because you're just freshly reminded every single character in the Bible has a whole lot of hangups. Listen, and I were actually talking about this last night as we were sitting there reading our Bible. Aren't we just incredible Christians? Um, we were just talking about, man, we got, we, we got to be easier on ourselves and on people. Because look at all the mistakes everyone is making. And yet God does like... He makes history through people with a history. I don't know, that just encouraged me to just shake off everything of yesterday 
and, and just say hello. Hello to the, the forever things that God wants to do. You know, we're living, we're living in today as a church uh, of, of a faith story. Uh, not, not to make this about myself or Liz, but honestly, the entire church family, really, it's all about the grace of God and people that have been obedient over the last, really, just over a decade, 11 years. But 12 years ago, well, actually, 12 years and 13 days ago, Liz and I moved to what really was just an unknown space for us. It was a new frontier. It was Kansas City. We lived on the, uh, on the east side of the plaza, um, you know, where it, it starts to get a little interesting from time to time after night. And um, we, we, we didn't know anybody. We were young, uh, still forever young. And we were probably naive, and, and, but we were passionate. We had heard God. Uh, the, a previous, about a year and a half before, we knew that God had said, hey, this is where you're going to have a church. This is where you're going to uh, plant your life. Uh, and this is what I'm calling you to. And then we just went up and did it. And we, 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 we made it happen by the grace of God. And we, we, we had to live on this new frontier, which was filled with excitement and expectation. And just even look around after even, even coming out of everything we've been facing in the pandemic, like on the plaza online, just the fact that I'm saying we're having church online, that we're in Lansing Correctional Facility right now. I mean, how many, how many just see God has been at work? And that was a frontier a decade ago, but there's a new frontier for all of us. And it's not just Liz and I's faith, it's all of our faith. In fact, you, if you, even if you're the first believer in your family, uh, you didn't like just wake up one day and God saved you. You know, like you, you, someone told you, someone passed it along, someone invited you into church. Someone, someone shared uh, a, 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 like witness or shared their faith. In other words, we're all a part of this movement from the empty tomb to the upper room for the last 2000 years. There's been a legacy of faith that has moved humanity forward into the plan of heaven, into the heart of God. And now it's time for us, Hillsong, Kansas City, for us to get uh, our place of arising up with our expectation and walking forward with faithfulness to the new frontier that he has for us. And there's this future for our faith and the future starts right now. God called one man and his wife, Abram and Sarah, and God eventually renamed him Abraham. He added the ham later on. How many sometimes you just gotta add a little pork on the end of it? How many grateful for the new covenant that we have in Christ, hello? You would not have Baconators if God didn't. Send Jesus to the cross. Okay, that's too far. But Abraham means the father of many. The father of many. God says, hey, I want to name you something. What is it? The father of many. And at the time, Abraham was like, I'm actually the, not the father of any. I don't have a legacy. Yeah, I'm established. And well, the city was known as Ur. And I'm a part of my dad's family. Uh, but man, I haven't had my own next generation hasn't come through my life yet. And God says, no, 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 no. I know that's who you are right now, but let me give you a name about who you're supposed to become. You might not have any offspring now, but you're going to be the father of multitudes. And I think for some of us, it's time for us to get a new name on our life. I don't mean that you need to change your name or add a ham to your name. No one needs to be named Kyle Ham. 
but you need to hear from heaven about who, who, who does he call you? Because you just feel like your life is filled with defeat, but God says, no, 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 who I've actually called you to be is a person that walks in victory. You might have seen your life as someone that has always struggled, but God says, no, I actually want to produce God-given momentum in your life this year. I know you don't see it now, but it is what I speak to you that you might feel like oh, I've just lived a life that feels like I have a bunch of closed doors and a lot of rejection. But God says, hey, I can open doors that no man can open. And I speak to you. You are accepted by me. And if you learn to arise from where you have been and walk forward into what can be, you'll see that I'm going to do something everlasting through your life. Abraham literally is called the father of faith. He's the first person of faith. We have the creation story, the fall of man, the flood, and the, the, the reestablishment of humanity on the earth. And the Bible says that 422 years and 10 days later, I know the Bible keeps like really good records of everything. We have this story where God is reestablishing his plan and his covenant and his purpose for man. By the way, when you're in your Bible reading plan and you come to just a full-on lineage passage, your pastor's giving you the the freedom to just flip the page on that one, okay? I know, I'm, unless that you're a person that loves history, that is great. But for me, uh, I'm going to get to some content that matters. Here's some content that matters. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. This is God originally speaking. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, from your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. How many know that when God speaks, sometimes we ask for God's voice, but then when he asks or what he says, what he tells you to do isn't always convenient. In fact, if you heard God recently about a big move in your life and it was extremely convenient, that might not have been the voice of God. Because about every time God speaks something to my heart, it has a cost. Faith has a risk. There's never something new that opens up without a key called sacrifice or surrender or humility. When God speaks, it normally has something that you've got to give up in order to get the greater thing that God has for you. I need you to leave your country, he says. Uh, I need you to leave your people. I need you to leave your father's household to a land I will show you. In other words, I need you to leave the known and follow me into the unknown. And of course, the right people would go with him. Some of you, that is a word for your future. This is why you need to get in and connect. You are not walking in life with the right people that are headed in the same faith direction that you are. Yes, be their friends, but do not allow them to pull you down to their level. God wants to lead you to something new. I think what is so easily missed in Genesis 12 is that God says go before he says where. God says go before he says where. He says leave before he tells Abraham where he's going to land. This is my wife's idea of a great date night is that we would drive around and just look at different neighborhoods. Any other husbands have a wife that just likes to drive and see the city and see different houses and different places. Liz loves it. And I love her. So I will allow it. But lately I'm just like, why don't you drive and I'll be the passenger because I like, I'm a man who desires destination. 
I don't like to just cruise around the neighborhoods. I want to know where I'm going. But I want to encourage you with this today. Something that's been on my heart the last few weeks, that when it comes to following God, you need to think direction, not destination. I think God is wanting to do a new thing in all of our lives. I know that he's wanting to do a new thing in Kansas City, even through this church. But we cannot think once we get to there, we've arrived. God is actually more interested in getting you in a direction than just giving you a place of destination. What, why, why is that important? Because so often we're thinking, okay, I'm just, I'm going to get to this year and I'm going to get to December. And, and these are some things I want to get done in my life. I want to get to the end of the month. I want to get to the end of the week. This is the destination that I desire. God, would you help me get through this to there? And God is actually want to say, yeah, I can help you with that. I'll grace you for that. But I want to actually grow you in this thing that is unknown. How many know God doesn't really work in years? He works in seasons and he established things for all of eternity. So God is more interested in getting you going in the right direction they're just fulfilling your wish list of your destinations. The new frontier faith is more about direction. What's the direction? Every single one of us becoming more like Jesus. This is something we will not accomplish in a year. It is something we will not get done in a decade. This is something that God will do in us through the rest of our lives. In fact, we will never be perfected in it until we move on to eternity or the perfect one comes back home. And so we need to be focused more on this journey than just arriving at a place where it's like, finally, I got my career moving. Finally, I've got my relational thing worked out. And finally, I've got this promotion. And finally, I have a family. Or finally, my kids went on to college. Or finally, whatever that looks like for you, you're thinking destination. And God is much more interested in walking with you in the right direction. See, God says, if you, if you will walk I will show you. If you will leave, I will lead you. And you cannot and will not find all that God has for your future and what he wants to do through you that is eternal in the safe place of self-protection. See, the legacy of heaven can only happen when you decide I will leave yesterday for good so I can find the forever plan of God in my future. You know, the Bible constantly uses Abraham as this picture of what faith looks like. And that happens in Hebrews chapter 11. The author of Hebrews has this hall of fame of faith passage. And in verse eight, it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. How many of the writer of Hebrews just drops a bar right there? It's got bars that rhymes so well and it sounds so good. But how many think that's actually fun? I don't know about you, but that's to me is borderline terrifying that God is asking me to go to a place that I don't fully know. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land that God promised, he lived there by faith. In other words, when he got to the place, he still had to live by faith is not one step. Faith is a direction and a destiny that is a daily decision to live by faith. It says, for he was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, his offspring, who inherited the same promise. 
Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that his wife, Sarah, was able to have a child, even though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who, who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people like that, like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore, there was no way to count them. What a legacy. You know, we're actually here today uh, because of Father Abraham. Had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I just, everyone who laughed is people that grew up in church. <laughs> Anyone who didn't laugh was like, what the heck is he talking about? But we're all here. We're, we're descendants of the first new frontier of faith because Abraham's here. They decided to say yes, even when it seemed impossible. They were able to leave yesterday to find the forever thing that God wanted to do. And it says about him, he was as good as dead. Can I encourage you with the thought that resurrection happens on the new frontier? That some things that you have given up on in your life are about ready to come back to life because God has an ability to do the impossible when we'll walk into the unknown with him. Some things in your life that you thought were dead and gone, God wants to bring back to life, but you will not find it when you sit down and wait to see it. Only when you arise and walk into it will God bring it back to life. It says that he went without knowing where he was going. And to me, that means if we're going to have this this leaving yesterday and finding forever plan become what we're a part of in this direction that we're headed as a church family and for your life individually, you have to be able to say that I'm willing to leave and let God lead. We all say that that is what we want, but faith is not talk. Sometimes we got to talk up our faith to encourage ourselves, but faith has an action step and we have to be willing to leave yesterday and let God lead. This is a year for you, a new season, a new frontier where you no longer control everything about your life, but you hand it over to the one that gave you life, who saved your life and has a plan for your life. It's time to let God lead. So we're leaving the known and we are doing it and we are doing it now. I wonder what old thing you need to depart from once and for all. I think if something popped into your heart or into your spirit in the moment that I said that, that is the prompting of the Holy Spirit, that this is a season for you on the new frontier of your faith. You need to learn to receive that and obey it. If there is something that still pulls you back into your yesterday, this is a season of settling it once and for all. It is time for you to rise and walk into this new frontier that God has for you. Abraham, God asked Abraham to do a lot, to leave a place. Ur, the city of his father, the city he was from, was the hub of humanity at the time. He left everything that he had known just to follow the voice of God into the unknown. And so I think the same way, God has called every single one of us as Christians to leave the world as we've known it so that we can bring his plan into the world as he wants it and as he desires it. 
This doesn't mean that we just boycott everything in society and culture. No, we're actually here. Even though we're not of this world, we're right here in this world to radically change the world around us. We stay in relationship and we stay in our career and we even stay in our families of origin, but we don't stay the same in here. See, faith is not always you leaving to go to a new city or take a new career. Sometimes it's actually staying where you're at, but letting God actually use you in that space and place so that the forever plan of God can prevail right through you, right where you're at. You know, we had this term that we used growing up. I grew up super churched. Um, We would call things that weren't like if it was. Well, honestly, if, normally if it was any fun, we would call it worldly. <laughs> Anyone grow up in a church like mine? That's worldly. That music, secular music. I don't even know what that means, but we use it. And we'd say, that's, oh, they're, they're, they've got a lot of worldliness. Well, God has a big heart for the world. But we, we don't just mimic the behaviors and the customs of this world. Wor- worldliness, to me... Uh, means that the history makers and world changers that you are and that you're becoming don't just look like the rest of the world. That's what they couldn't figure out about Jesus. Uh, they, they said about Jesus, like, how is this guy who's from Nazareth, how come he has that authority? How come this guy from the, isn't this Joseph's son? Like, we know this guy, but what's on his life and coming through his life, this is an unknown. Like, how does he have this power? How does he talk about the things of God like he knows him? Why? Because he was in this world, but he wasn't of this world. Do you know you carry that same culture on the inside of you? And yes, there's some stripping away of secular things or worldly things that might be a necessity to revive and to bring out all that Jesus wants to do in you. But, but like we carry the authority of heaven on our life. We have intimacy with God. You are as close to God as you want to be. Because he wants to speak to you. He wants to fill you fresh with this Holy Spirit. He wants to lead and guide you into all truth. And no matter where you came from, you can be different in this world. To me, worldliness really means attitudes and actions that leave God out. It dismisses God from your life. And in that terminology and definition, so many of us as believers are guilty of worldliness. That we're going to figure out our life, our career, our relationships, our finances by mimicking everyone else in the world instead of saying, God, what do you desire from us? Like, God's not just something we bring in and add to our life like a spare tire you roll out when your life feels flat. He is the engine and the fuel that moves you into the, the, the momentum of your calling and ministry that he has for you. And you wonder why you can't hear God giving you direction for your life if you're not willing to leave the comfort of your yesterday. To arise and to start walking in, even to the unknown. So this is why we have 21 days of prayer. We, none of us need more to do in our schedule, but we want God to direct our steps. This is why we have seven days of fasting. It starts tonight. If you're brand new to church, haven't been in a while, congratulations. You've joined in with the last few hours where you're going to eat for a week. Yay! It's like, I knew I should have waited the next week to come to church. 
elbowing your friend that brought you along. I don't know what your fast looks like, and I don't need to know. I just know this. The hungrier you are for God, the greater your life's going to be. And so I would encourage you to strip away as much as you can and put it on the altar before God. I know for me, I know what that looks like. I'm never going to put what God's asking me on you. I will just say this. You need to ask God what that looks like. And I'll tell you a few clues. It's giving up some things that you honestly don't feel like you could live without. But friends, it's one week, three weeks of prayer, one week of fast. You want to fast the whole time? Go for it. You do you. That's great. I'm going to be in a fasted mindset from now to the end of January. But you do what God's calling you to do. But don't copy what your neighbor does or your friend or your girlfriend. This is your new frontier of asking God, what are you asking of me? What does it mean to arise and to walk in my life in this season? And guess what? You got 49 more weeks of your year left. We're just taking this first full week and saying, God, you get to go first. Can we believe we are planting seeds of an uncommon future by having an abnormal and maybe even uncomfortable week so that we can get closer to God? Got real quiet up north. I know Plaza loves to fast and they are cheering right now, but it feels like everyone is fasting, breathing right now up here. And I only say this not to try to trick you into a spiritual discipline. But I'm telling you, the way that you've been doing life, even as good as maybe you've been following God, there's more. There's an arise and a walk. There's a longer distance and a greater breadth of the land that God wants to take your inside world on a journey to discover. And so what we do is we take what we can control and we put it under the control of God so that we can have his direction and his help because he knows the future that he has for us. Give God something to breathe on in 2022. And we don't just fast without prayer and worship, time in the word of God. If not, you're just on the world's worst diet and it might give you a few less LBs that you will gain back after the fast, but you won't gain in on the ear and the heartbeat of God that he has for your life. We're leaving yesterday and we're finding forever. It says that he lived there by faith. He lived there. If I'm leaving yesterday and finding forever, it means I'm, I'm living in the waiting while I'm walking. So many of us, I, I wait for God to show me the next thing to do. And guess what? You, you'll probably be waiting the rest of your life instead of following the things that he's already told you to do. But I'm not staying put until God does it. I'm going to keep walking with him even while I'm waiting for him to bring the promise to pass. You know that after he obeyed God and after he changed his name to say, I'm the father of many of multitudes, it was still 25 years until he had Isaac. That we had to learn to live in this Walking with God while I'm waiting. I live there by faith. And if you believe for some things that haven't come to pass yet, I want to encourage you. God has so much more in store. Anytime there's a delay, it's normally because there's a greater destiny attached to that. So though you might feel like it's delay or it's as good as dead, trust me, God can revive it. And when God does it, it is not just one child, Isaac. It is a multitude of a legacy and a lineage and a heritage that he has for your life.
I believe God normally is working while you're walking with him and while you're waiting on two things. One, he's preparing the perfect place and plan for the promise to come to pass. Secondly, he's preparing you to be the right person to be able to handle the promise. So the longer he takes in the development stage that you call a delay, God calls by design, is because he's designing you into the better person that you're called to be so that you can carry or the greater thing that he's called you to do. Let me just encourage you with this thought. I just something that's been on my heart, even for us as a church. There's no silver bullets of breakthrough. I believe when we pray, we can pray in this moment and a miracle can happen. God could do that. We believe that when we fast, that we're going to hear from God. I promise you, you're going to hear something from God this week if you'll fast and pray. I believe that. But we're not just wanting to shoot like a silver bullet. I think it's to kill a werewolf. Those aren't real, by the way, just so you know. Let's clarify that. But it's like this one shot you got to beat the enemy. It's this one thing to defeat this thing that's coming against you. So what we want to do sometimes is just have a silver bullet prayer. It's like, God, I thank you that this will happen. Well, God wants more than just that. Can you do it? Of course. Do I believe for it? Yes. Do we contend for it? Always. Like I love praying and believing. I lay hands. We'll, We'll do it all. But what we're wanting instead of just like this one thing that solves a problem, it's not one prayer. It's closeness with God because we live a prayer filled life. That's thinking about direction, not destination. We're not just reading our Bible through in a year, just getting through it as fast as possible. No, we're working God's word into every area of our life, even if it costs us something, because that's direction, not destination. We're not just giving generously once. No, we live open-handed before God. We're constantly coming back to him and says, what are you asking of me now? Because that's about direction, not destination. We're not just sitting in Sunday services when it's convenient. No, we're serving. We're in a group. We're inviting and engaging with the world around us because we believe people are the promised land and we want to see revival in the world around us. So we're not just consuming for ourselves. We're a part of the contribution as well. So our hope isn't in one thing. Our hope is in one name. It's the name of Jesus. And whatever he asks, the answer is yes. But we're not just believing this one thing. Finally, when I get married, it's going to be great. No, God wants to take you on a journey that's longer than this year. So we're leaving yesterday and we're finding forever the eternal things that he's made for us. And we will not get there with just one week of prayer. We're going to get there in the constant pursuit of the presence of the living God. And you will not be disappointed in the right direction. But if you're just thinking destination, you might get there, but it won't feel as good as God really has for you. Because direction is greater than destination. You will not arrive in all that God has called you to in 2022. But you can look more like Jesus this year. You can experience the presence of God this year. You can have him unlock your gifts and your calling and and do new things. You can see him restore your mental health. You can see him bring breakthrough even in your relationships and heal the divide that might have been in your family. We can see that as we arise and walk in even to the unknown. It says he was looking for something greater than this world, a city. Speaking about heaven, whose architect and builder was God. Abraham was looking as he left yesterday. He was finding this forever thing. He was looking like we need to be looking. We need to be looking for the more that God has made us for. That your life was meant to count for eternity. 
not just exist for 85, 90 years on this planet, but for the legacy of your life like Abraham's to long outlive you. We got a new frontier kind of mission statement for us as a church for us this year is that we are building people that are bringing heaven to earth. So as your life is getting built in the house of God, everywhere you go, you're bringing more of heaven to earth in your career and, and, and in your workplace and in your school and in your neighborhood and in your own home and in your relationships. We're the people that are bringing heaven to earth because when we lose sight of heaven, when we lose sight of the lasting and everlasting thing that God does through us, our perspective gets ruined on earth. And that's when we start chasing after everything that we can actually probably get, but it won't satisfy the deeper desire that God created for your soul. Because if you only live for earth, that's all you're ever going to get. So we have our feet on the ground because some people are so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. They're always chasing visions and fantasies and prophecies and angels. And man, I believe in all that stuff and I desire more of that stuff. But God has a mission for me that has people involved. And some people are so earthly minded, they're of no heavenly good. I'm just thinking about my things I need to get done and my to-do list and my career path and, and, and getting me and more for me and my family. And God says, no, I want you to live in this beautiful crossroads of this tension of you're the place where heaven meets earth, that I'm doing something that's eternal. It's like, if you will, like, like, like a wide receiver, there's a pass thrown in the end zone. You got to get your eyes up. You got to go and get that ball. And then you got to make sure that you got in the NFL one, two feet in bounds to get the six, right? To get the touchdown. The same way, we gotta be people that know what God is doing and we grab a hold of it and we take care of it and we protect it and we bring it down to earth because this is where God is most interested right now. He's already up there by his spirit. He's with us in the here and the now, but he wants us to bring radical change to the world around us. So we need to be looking to a city whose architect and builder is God. We're looking to the eternal and then we're choosing to live now in a way that impacts eternity. My feet are on the ground, but my hope is in heaven. And if we think about that, there's something on the inside of you. God's already put it there. It says in Ecclesiastes 3, he makes everything beautiful in its time. I just want to receive that word for the mess of your current situation or your world. God's going to make it beautiful. But I love this. He is also has said eternity in the human heart. And yet no one, you can't fully fathom what God has done, what he's planned, what he's doing, what he's working from beginning to end. But you are meant to hold on to this peace in your heart that says, man, this isn't everything. That there's something about my life that matters so much greater than I'll ever see this side of eternity. And friends, that is the new frontier I'm wanting us, I'm wanting you. God is wanting you to live in that place with feet on the ground and heart up to heaven, eyes up on him, hands at work, bringing hope to the hurting, but planted in God's house, but living for a purpose that is bigger than your agenda, that the agenda of heaven would be catalytic and driving your daily life. So to get to the new frontier, we're leaving the old. Tonight at sundown, till next week at sundown, to heart and soul, we are just saying, God, here's my year. God, here's my heart. 
God, here's my first. God, here's my best. Here's my sacrifice. Uh, can, here's my praise. Here's my worship. Here's my prayer. Here's my ear to hear. Here's my heart open to what you want to work. Do a surgery in the stony places. Revive the broken places. God, you get to go first. 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, I love that. This is for anyone and everyone because you can be in Christ. The new creation has come. The old is gone. Yesterday is gone. And the new is here. What does the future hold for you? I don't fully know. I know that God's already in it and God wants to lead you to it. But from sundown tonight onto the forever future that God has in store for us, let's find out. How many are committed to finding out what God is calling them to, to rise up, to walk out into new places and experience the eternal things that God wants to do? On the plaza up north, would you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. Then we're going to worship. I believe in for God to seal this word in your heart, not just a moment of encouragement, but for you to get some momentum by following through what he's asking of you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every heart. I thank you for every life. I thank you for every individual that's in this room, that's online, that's on the plaza at Lansing Correctional. God, we don't know everything that's in our future, but because we can know you because of the gift of Jesus, we know that you've been building a plan for from the beginning of time. And we, this is our time and our space and our place. We are choosing right now. We are leaving yesterday behind. All the good, all the bad, we are leaving it today. And we're finding the forever plan of God, that there is an eternal purpose for every life. And Lord, this year, we are headed in the right direction. We might not get to every place that we've mapped out as a destination. That's fine, because as long as we're walking with you, we know we're actually going to better places that we could hope, dream, or imagine. God, I thank you that as you get to go first in our life this week, it does not just stay in this week. But the implications and the ramifications of this week of honoring you and seeking your face and stripping away some of our comfort is that we're going to find calling at new levels. We're going to find your voice in new places and we're going to follow you. We are rising and walking into our God given futures and let the effect of this week matter for eternity through our church and through our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, if you receive that, can we just take a moment to give God some praise, give God some glory, and let's give him some worship.